Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I am back in studio, or as I like to refer to it, my bedroom. That's right. I'm laying on my bed. I got portable podcasting equipment now, so I no longer sit at a desk. I lay in a bed in my own home, and uh, I talk about what I've been up to. A couple of days ago, I watched a movie, another 90s movie called The Witness. I don't know if you've seen this. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Great Scott. The Witness is a movie with Harrison Ford. Who's great? I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes it's easy to forget about Harrison Ford, right? It's like he was in so many great movies. But you don't see him around at all anymore. I mean, you know, he was in Star Wars and he died pretty quick. I think he died. I don't remember. I'm going to be honest. I've never been a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know if that's going to come as a shock to people. But I told people for a long time that the original three were really great movies and that I really enjoyed them. I honestly don't know that I did. I've tried to watch them a few times again as an adult. And I just, I'm not trashing them, but I really liked them as a kid. I liked the Ewoks. I liked Jabba the Hutt. I liked, you know, when Luke Skywalker, like, cut that big animal, cut it open in the, in the whatever kind of, like, desert or, or Icelandic world he was in. That was pretty fun. I got into that. And then the next three... I really liked those too, and, and it felt like everybody else liked them at the time, episode one, two, and three. It felt like everybody liked those, but then as time went on, everybody started talking about how much they hated them. And then the new ones came out, and they quickly went downhill with people. I mean, everybody was so excited. I mean, I remember being in the movie theater, seeing a uh, uh, another movie and a preview for Star Wars came on and the audience applauded as if there were people in there to hear their applause. They just, out of sheer enjoyment for seeing that, applauded. And then that first one I felt like was really good. And then they had another one and we were we were like, ooh, this is good. And then I haven't seen any others because I just hear that they're terrible and I may see them eventually, but I've just... Totally lost interest in them. But anyway, Harrison Ford played a role in all of those, as you know. And, uh, oh, they also really trashed the guy who played Harrison Ford, who played um, Han Solo in the new movies. But I thought that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, but Harrison Ford is great. He's in this movie. And in this movie, he's a cop, right? He's a cop. And this Amish family, it looks like... At the beginning of the movie, the sound was really low, and I couldn't hear, and I forgot that I had turned the brightness on my TV down, so I couldn't see a lot. I was like, why is it so dark? Because sometimes I'll watch TV at night, and I don't want to be blinded by it. 
So, so I missed some of the details at the beginning, but it looks like this lady's husband died, and uh, her and her son, and her son, it, the lady is famous. She's been in some stuff. I just don't know what it is. And then the son, he was like the the skinny, awkward teenager in the movie. Uh, when Mars attacks or Mars attacks, I don't know if you ever saw that. That was a lot of fun. He he was the hero in the end of that movie, but in this movie, he was a little kid, a little Amish kid, and they're leaving to go from one Amish community to another after her husband dies. But before she leaves, there's a you know a blonde man that comes up, another Amish man, and he's you know he's really got a crush on this woman he's like he, he he wasted no time her husband died and he's like he's like i'm ready to fulfill this role and uh so uh she's into it too but she's like i gotta go i gotta go to baltimore and uh so they get on a train they go to baltimore the kids just seeing things it's exciting everybody's having a good time they get to a train station their train's delayed classic and they have to hang around for a while and you know the kid's never been out of – this is my big problem with it. The kid's never been out of the Amish community, and he's like, basically, can I go wander around uh, you know, New York City inside this train station? And it's like – I feel like the lady should have been like, no, absolutely not. You know, I don't care that we're delayed here three hours. You've never been out of, off the farm, and now you're going to just go out and roam through this uh, Grand Central Station here? I don't think so. But he does. She lets him wander around, and he goes into the bathroom, and he's in the stall. And there's a guy in there who's clearly – I feel I thought he was coming off of drugs. He just kept wiping his face down with water. He was standing over the sink, and he just kept wiping his face down. And the little kid goes into the stall. He's doing his business, and uh, all of a sudden, two other guys come in, and you can see that one of the guys is Danny Glover. And Danny Glover – it, to me, always plays a good guy. He's always a good guy in movies. And so when you see Danny Glover, you get excited. You're like, well, this is good. This is going to be lighthearted and funny now. It's going to be funny because Danny Glover's involved. But I guess he has played some darker roles. He was in A Color Purple, I think. I think he was an abusive husband in that. So, but most of the movies, you know, like Gone Fishing, Lethal Weapon, he's fun. I'm too old for this shit, is what he says. Uh, uh, something like that. But uh, anyway, so he comes in, and the other guy and Danny Glover, they strangle this guy, and they beat the guy wiping his face down in the sink. They strangle him, and they kill him in that bathroom, and the kid sees it. And the kid almost doesn't get caught, and then he lets out a little whimper. And Danny Glover goes and checks all the stalls in dramatic fashion, one stall at a time, kicking them open. The kid's in the last stall, and he knows it's coming. He locks the door, but that's a dead giveaway that someone's in there. So Danny Glover is about to kick the door open, and the kid goes down on the floor, slips under the crack, pops up in the other seat. Right as he kicks the door, the kid is sneaky, and he doesn't catch him. So then he leaves. And the kid now, they've called the police, and the kid now was a star witness. So Harrison Ford, uh, apparently you have no rights. If you witness a crime, according to this movie, if you witness a crime, you have no rights. The cops can basically kidnap you until the case is solved. Uh, I wasn't aware of this. I will not. I just almost I witnessed a car accident outside of my apartment here, and uh, I will not be telling anyone. The both cars seem fine. They got in and drove away. 
They looked at each other's cars. They said, is this fine? He said, this is fine. And then they got back in and drove off. It seemed dramatic. But anyway, so Harrison Ford takes the woman, takes the boy, and then, and then you know, all this stuff starts to go down. Stuff starts to happen. The kid, they're showing him all kind of pictures. They're showing him witnesses trying to get him to identify the killer. And he, he's like, none of these, none of these men, none of these men. And then he's looking in a trophy case inside the police station, and he sees this award for a highly decorated uh, officer at the force, and the picture is Danny Glover. So the kid runs back to him, and he's like, this is the guy. And so Harrison Ford goes to his who he thinks is his trusted confidant at the police station to tell him about it, and... Turns out that guy is in on it with Danny Glover. They come for Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has to take the the wife and and the kid out of out of the city. Takes him out of the city. Where does he take him? To an Amish community in Baltimore, where she wanted to go in the first place. And they're just hanging out there. They're just doing their thing. And Harrison Ford and the lady start to fall in love. Almost immediately when they get to the farm, the kid disappears. You just see it's all about Harrison Ford and this woman and the uncle and. It goes on and on and on, and the love stories take place, and eventually, uh, through a series of things that happen, Harrison Ford, apparently people in this town really pick on the Amish community. They would call them bad names, and so the Amish would just take it because they're peace-loving people. But Harrison Ford, who's dressed as an Amish person, was like, I don't have to take this shit, and he gets off the, gets off the horse-drawn wagon and starts busting up this dude and breaks his nose. That's how they get caught. So then the cops come, Danny Glover comes, they come and try to take over the, you know, take, take the kid and take Harrison Ford away. And, uh, you know, the Amish community bands together. Harrison Ford crushes a guy with some corn uh, and, uh, you know, they kill Danny Glover. They shoot him a bunch of times. And then the other guy who ends up being the ringleader of it all, they arrest him. They take him to jail. I assume he got off in two or three months, but... They took him to jail, and uh, and then you think you think that because throughout this, while Harrison Ford's living on the farm, falling in love with this woman, the blonde guy has showed back up, and he's pretty pissed because he had a good thing going until Harrison Ford stepped in and kind of blocked him there. So he's pretty pissed about it. So he's like, he's about ready for Harrison Ford to go home, and he let him know that he's about ready for him to go home. Oh, and there's also a young Viggo Mortensen in the movie. I don't think he has any speaking role, but a young Viggo Mort- Mortensen, uh, the king on Lord of the Rings. And uh, so that was fun. It was uh, nice to see his face pop up there. Great scene at the end of the movie, though. After the crime is solved, it's decided that Harrison Ford needs to go back to his way of life. So I love this scene. Harrison Ford gets in his car that he drove into the Amish community, And as he's driving out, the blonde man, who the lady was interested in in the first place, is walking down the driveway. So as Harrison Ford's leaving in his modern technology, the Amish man is coming walking down the driveway. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I I, I love the movie. I had a great time. Turns out Harrison Ford's a great carpenter. He was really working it in the movie and so i recommend it called witness even though you already know what's happening it's still a great movie you'll enjoy it all right so that's it for my movie breakdown now where i've been where we've been where we're going where they going where they been where they going 
where, where they've been. Where we're going, where we've been. Um, I had quite the adventure. Um, I flew to L.A. last Thursday. I filmed a thing. Uh, I don't think I can talk about it. It's not uh, – it was fun. Not a huge thing. It's fun, though. Uh, they're developing a new streaming service, um, and I am filming some content for that. And it was a good time. I had a great time. I got to work with some other comics, and I enjoyed it. Um, and then I flew to – I had – that was Thursday, and then I, I flew out of L.A. on Friday, and I, want, I was going to Wyoming. I had a show in Wyoming, Rock Springs, Wyoming, on Saturday, and I wanted to see some of Wyoming. So I flew into Utah and rented a car and drove into Wyoming. But the car – Jeez, a car to rent in Utah and drop off in Wyoming cost me two hundred and fifty bucks. I was it was unbelievable. Uh, I think it was worth it. I enjoyed the scenery. I enjoyed what I saw. I mean, driving out of Utah, there's lots of mountains, lots of great stuff. I had a really good time driving into Wyoming, and you know, I just loved the landscape. It was very fun. And then I got to Rock Springs. And I decided, you know, well, I was going to keep the car for two days in the beginning, but that would have been close to 500 bucks. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and drop the car off at the airport. So I drove the car to the airport where the ride from the airport back to my hotel was the most amazing view of what I saw of Wyoming. Um, It was great. It was like a desert, but just amazing. I got out on the road and there was no one else around. And I just stood in the middle of the road and filmed myself. It was great. And then I got to the airport, and there was no one there. There's Apparently, there's only one terminal, and it has two planes a day. It was a big plane. I mean, it was a big United jet. It wasn't private planes, but it was two planes a day. And there was none when I was there. There was only one person hanging out in the lobby, like, watching his phone, and then the girl working at the rental car place. And so I checked my car in there. I told her, I said, you know, normally when I rent cars, they ask me to fill up the car within six miles of the drop-off location. Well, the closest gas station to this airport was nine miles away. So that was not possible. And I guess she was used to it. She laughed. She said it was okay. Cops are out there. And... um so I guess she was used to it. She laughed, said it was okay, and then I went to call an Uber. Now, yesterday, before I took the car, the day before, before I took the car to the airport, I had checked Uber to see that there was Uber in Rock Springs, Wyoming, and there was two Uber drivers out there. That was Friday. The next day was Saturday. I thought, well, for sure there'll be Uber drivers on Saturday. So I got I got to the airport, and then I plugged it in uh, – I, I pulled up the Lyft app, actually. I pulled up Lyft, and they said searching for driver. And it searched for a driver for about five minutes and never found one. So there were no Lyft drivers working that day. So I I was like, there's nobody working today. She goes, yeah, I can call you a cab. So they called me a cab. The cab came, and I asked. I said, just so I know, how much does this cab ride cost? She said, $55 cost me $55 to get from the airport back to my hotel. I had no choice, though. I was like, I got to do it. So I rode from the airport, and the, and the lady that I was talking to, she said she had lived in North Carolina for a couple of years when she was younger, and she said the thing that she misses about North Carolina living in Wyoming is that there's no trees in Wyoming. 
at least in the part of Wyoming she lived in. And, and I looked out the window, and there were no trees anywhere. I was like, this is amazing. I don't understand how there's no trees. I don't even think about how much I enjoy trees until I'm not around trees. And then she dropped me off at my hotel, and uh, there's a bunch of trees in my hotel. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The particular part of town we were in, there were no trees, but my hotel had several trees. And this was not the best hotel. I'd like to talk about it, but I'll talk about it later. Um, But then I did a show in Rock Springs, Wyoming for the Wyoming Special Olympics. It was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, There were, you know, some special needs kids there. and, And that was great because, you know, this was all to raise money for these Special Olympics. And I got on stage and the audience was completely dark. I could barely see anyone in the audience. And I was up there and someone kept clapping. They kept clapping all the time. And I enjoy, you know, good enthusiasm. But they were clapping through some of my punchlines. So I started making a little joke here and there about clap about clapping. I was like, oh, you're really excited over there, you know. And they're like, I'm clapping for you. And I'm like, that's great. I appreciate that, you know. And then, and then, uh, and then as the show went on, I was like, you know, maybe try to keep it at just three claps. Maybe bring your hands together just like three times and then let it go, you know? Like, because I'd do a setup and they'd start clapping. And then, so my punchline, they'd clap through my punchline. The show was going fine, but I thought I was just having some fun with an audience member. And then it occurred to me, I was like, oh no, I had never been mean, but I made a few jokes. I had never been mean, but it occurred to me, that could be a special needs child out there clapping for me. And I'm making jokes about them. And, uh, but I never made any jokes about them any kind of way other than the clapping. And then it was fine. I talked to the people after they confirmed it was a special needs child. And every time she comes to a show, she claps the whole time. She's excited. She's having a good time. And no one's feelings were hurt, uh, with my jokes about clapping. But had I been a different kind of comic that was the kind of comic that went after someone, ooh, that could have been really embarrassing. Um, but it was a great time. They had a great time. At one point, the girl yelled to me. I was doing a joke about the Cracker Barrel, and I was talking about how I don't understand why the Cracker Barrel has this gift shop. You know, I'm like, I'm guessing so that you can remember your time eating at the Cracker Barrel. I mean, I like the Cracker Barrel. Don't get me wrong. And then she yelled out. She goes, I like a gift shop, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, I like a gift shop. You know, I'm not... I'm not upset that they have a gift shop. I just don't understand why. It was a great moment. Great classic moment. And um, so then I did uh, Monday I got home. I flew home. I had to be at the airport at 4.30. I flew out at 5.55 a.m. And I flew home on Sunday. That's when I watched Witness. And then I... Monday night, I performed at. Oh, actually, I went to see my friend Laura. She uh, is moving. Laura Peak is moving to LA from Nashville, and her last show was Sunday. So I went to watch her. Great show, Connor Larson's show. He continues to put on the best shows in town. Uh, outside of the comedy club, Connor Larson's running the best shows, and it's amazing. Um, he books great comics. Everybody has a good time. He, you know, he promotes shows well. There's audience there. It's amazing. Um, and then I did a show at Zany's on Monday night. This was part of the Circle. Uh, I guess it's just called Circle. The Grand Old Opry apparently is now going to have their own network 
called Circle. And they filmed some stand-up shows. So I hosted two shows on Monday that are going to be part of this TV series. And it was great. I mean, it really was fun. Like, they, they booked a lot of great comics, a lot of really fun comics that I know and have worked with. And also some new people that I've never seen or never worked with. And just a fantastic night. The audiences were amazing, the, the TV crew. And I think it's going to be really something. It's really going to look great. And... Really fun. Zany's is uh, my favorite comedy club, and that show was amazing. Uh, and then last night I did the Grand Old Opry, which um, it would be my seventh time doing the Grand Old Opry, and it's just as fun every time. I mean, I get more comfortable up there, and I think as nervousness goes away, the excitement, euphoria that you get begins to go away. That's why I think it's important that you always be a little nervous because it's always exciting when it's over. Uh, and it goes well. It, but if you're not nervous, the excitement is not as not as bad. That's also why it's good to not drink before you go on stage, uh, even just a beer, because a beer is not going to affect you in a performance way, but a beer will affect you in a way that that it helps cure the nervousness, which gets rid of that euphoria, which is not good. You want that euphoria. You need that euphoria as a performer. But it goes away some, but it's still there because I'm still performing in front of, you know, 4,000 people. And uh, I want it to go well. And it did go well. And my friend Brian Bates came. Brian Bates came and brought his mom. It was his, her birthday, Helen Bates. They came, and uh, it was a great time. And then I saw my friend Ed Wiley. Ed and his wife Annie and their whole family came. And they were—they actually—they bought tickets, and they were out in the audience. And they're such a nice family. Actually, Ed made a great. If you don't know Ed Wiley, uh, he's on Facebook. Um, I'm sure he's on Instagram. I mean, I, I follow everybody. I, I get the all the apps confused now. But Ed Wiley is his name, and he just had a video. And he, you know, he homeschools. He has a family. He has six kids. He's a goat farmer, and. He does really well on the internet. He uh, has had several things go viral, and he just put out a video about his family, like introducing his family to Kanye West because Kanye West has put out more of a Christian Christian album, and so and then they're like, so he's like, Google play. I won't do his bit. It's very funny though, and it's the last I checked, it had eight eighty seven thousand views, which I'm very jealous of, but also excited for Ed. Also, my friend Aaron Weber uh, hit 10,000 views, 10,000 followers on Facebook, or not on Facebook, on Instagram before I did. And I just want to, you know, I want to give him some congrats, but also um, uh, talk about how angry it makes me. And uh, no, it doesn't make me angry. Very happy. We, we have a friendly rivalry to see who can, who could reach 10,000 first, and he beat me. But it, it was funny. We would get our followers. I mean, um, you know, I would get like 200 followers more than him. I would get way above him. And then he goes and does a weekend with John Christ and soars right past me. And uh, so that's what's happened. Uh, but also Aaron Weber is very funny. If you don't follow him, I encourage it. He's a funny, nice guy. And um, But, yeah, he's at 10,000. So if you also want to unfollow him, that's okay too. Unfollow him. Follow me perfect no i don't really care about those things 
we all are striving to get followers because it's the whole status of everything. And also you have a bigger audience. And then when you put something out, you get more likes and then more people come to your shows. All I really care about is more people coming to my shows. I do all, all of this is fun to me. I find social media to be really fun. I find doing this podcast to be fun. Uh, you know, the amount of listens, the amount of followers and likes, that's not as important. But in the same token, it's like laughs, right? If I go out on stage and I want to get the most amount of laughs I can get, that's when you feel the best. So you always want to strive for the best, but I find it's important to not get wrapped up in that stuff. I haven't been doing an advice to comic segment in the last couple because I did a lot of it. I got bored with it. But if I were to give advice to, to, to comics on that, I would say that would be it. Don't get wrapped up in the followers on social media. Just do what you think is funny. Do funny things and just let it all. Create content because you enjoy creating it and, and create the type of things that you enjoy. Give it your own original take. Don't try to – like you know, the moment I saw Ed Wiley go have this 87,000 views for doing this – uh, introducing your family to Kanye West, I was like, I should do a thing like that. But I don't want to do a thing like that. That's what Ed does. And it's working for him. I want to do the thing that works for me. So far, I've not found the thing that gets me 87,000 Facebook views. But my, you know, I've had uh, videos on YouTube do very well. And um, I'm very excited about it. So I would say, if you let yourself get wrapped up in how many views you're getting and comparing yourself to other people and how many followers that you have, you never will be happy. I mean, because there's always going to be somebody with more followers than you. There's always going to be somebody with more views than you. You can't get wrapped up in it. There's a, there's a sandbox for us all to play in. Just play in it and do what you like and do what you think is funny. Um, and you're going to be fine. But also make sure it's funny. You know what I mean? Like do what you think is funny, but also make funny things, right? Like don't, I don't know. Don't always perform to the back of the room, if that makes sense. This may have gotten more confusing than I intended it to. I'm saying enjoy yourself. Don't get so wrapped up in, I got I to gotta get this many views. Focus on creating funny things. If you, you could create the funniest thing on the planet and have 10 followers on Twitter and nobody's going to see it. So just understand that. You're creating it to create funny things. And when, when someone does finally see it, they're going to go back and they're going to look at everything you've ever created. And that's when they'll find the funniest video ever created. That's where they'll also find dirt on you. So don't be, you know, don't be, don't be saying bad things. Be a nice person. Um, and, uh, so that's where I've been, where I'm going. I'm going to, uh, Toledo, Ohio to the funny bone. I haven't been there in about three years. I'm very excited about it. I had a great time. I opened for Augie Smith in like 2015 and I had such a great time and I've been wanting to go back since and it's taken me this long, but now I'm going back as the headliner. I can't wait. I hope to see you all there. Toledo, Ohio, Funny Bone. It's actually in Perrysburg, Ohio. But that's how a lot of these clubs are. 
But if you type in Toledo Funny Bone, you'll find it. Actually, the last time I've been to Toledo was probably 2016. I did a club called Laughs Inc. They were booked by Funny Business. They've closed. Um, but at one time, I found out how some clubs had raided me. Uh, you know, because a lot of these clubs, especially if they have a booking agent, probably all of the clubs, to be honest, they have a rating system where they'll grade you and say how you were. And this club was the, I don't know if they gave me a B or a C, but it was the only club with funny business that had ranked me below an A. And I don't even understand it. I had such a great set there. I was opening for Shane Moss. We had had our host... She was doing okay, not great, so not really warming up the audience. Very nice lady, but not really warming up the audience in any kind of way for me. So I had to start completely cold, and I even had to deal with some hecklers. And it was really good, and I didn't get drunk. I didn't do stupid things. The um, They even put my picture on the wall. They took a picture of me, had me sign it, put it on the wall. No club does that for features. So they did that for me, and then they gave me a bad grade. And uh, that was unfortunate. Too bad their club closed. I actually saw, I worked with Shane Moss that weekend, and I've seen Shane Moss since then. I've always found him to be very funny. If he comes to your town with the show, A Good Trip, I recommend going to see it. Very funny. But this weekend, on the last night, the last show of the last night, we had a a guy who just kept talking the entire time. And Shane, much like me, is a joke guy. He's got he he's very in depth, uh, more in depth than me. I mean, he gets really into it, and and you have to pay attention. And this guy kept talking the entire time, and fine. And we had a security guard there, a pretty muscular security guard. But I don't know what he was doing. I guess he was off smoking cigarettes or something. But. Shane was like, actually, I'm going to need this guy to leave. Can you kick this guy out? Because Shane addressed it several times, and it didn't make any sense why no one had said anything to the guy. But Shane, so the, the, the bartender had to go find the security guard. So the security guard came. It was this long, drawn-out, dramatic experience where Shane's like, somebody kick this guy out, but no one's doing it. So it just gets drawn out, drawn out, drawn out, drawn out. And finally the guy comes, kicks him out. But the guy, the security guard ends up striking a conversation with the guy out in the parking lot, has a great time with him, sides with the guy, comes back in, starts talking to me about it. The security guard is huge and seems like he was in the military and he just seems, uh, this particular guy seemed insane and he was so muscular and it was like, he was talking to me about it. I'm like, yeah, man, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I was fine with the guy, right? I didn't know what to say. The guy was scared me to death. And, uh, and then Shane comes off stage after finishing his set. He had a great set. Shane doesn't know who this security guy is. And the security guy, he knows he works for the club. And he said to Shane, he goes, you staying in the condo? Shane was like, yeah. He's like, why don't you just go ahead and get out of my club and kick Shane out of there? Right, So I'm like, oh, wow, this is drama. So I just go ahead and go back to the condo, too. It's a weird condo they had. It was like a office space turned into two bedrooms. And it's like a, it was weirdly like a prison. Um, it's cold in there. And, and Shane, and I, I talked to Shane after, and I was like, yeah. I was like, that was weird. And he was like, who was that guy? And I was like, that was the security guard. 
And he was like, oh, I thought that was the club owner. So he called back up to the club and really raced hell with them. And uh, then that was it. And then the club closed. Imagine that. Club shut down. I remember at that club, I wanted to get some food. They didn't offer free food. They offered two free two free drinks, but no food. And I was like, well, I don't want any drinks. Can I trade in my two free drinks for some food? And it was a big issue. I remember it being a big issue. And then they go, we can give you half off on food. And I was like, okay, great. And I got like some chicken fingers. It's probably still six bucks. They probably still made money. I mean... I don't know. But that was fun. So I'll be back in Ohio. None of that drama went down at the Funny Bone. That's where I'll be. The Funny Bone was great and drama-less. So I'll be there. Um, Food on the road this weekend. I had... I said food on the road. Food on the road. I ate... When I was in Wyoming, I went... The cabs... There was no Uber. Cabs were too expensive. And I was at a... Uh, a hotel near almost nothing. So there was a place called Old Chicago. The lady told me they had a good steak over there. So I went and um, I sat. I wanted to watch uh, the Auburn-LSU game, and my TV didn't work in my hotel. I called the lady at the front desk about the TV, and she goes, yeah. She goes, unplug it, plug it back in, see if that helps. So I was like, okay, so you're not going to be any help to me with this TV. So I went over, walked over to the place called Old Chicago, and I had some wings. The wings were good. And then I was sitting there, and I was watching the Auburn-LSU game and having a good time. Just no one was talking to me. Uh, Everyone seemed to completely ignore me. I was the only guy in there with long hair uh, and a trucker hat. Actually, there were some trucker hats, but I was the only long-haired dude in there. and uh, It was nice. I just felt, this is great. I'm just hanging out in here. I'm just kicking it. And then I was... I ordered my wings, I ate the wings, and then I was deliberating over do I get the ribeye, which is $32, or do I get the sirloin, which is $22. $10 difference. Both pricey, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want to spend that much. But the rest of the menu was all sandwiches, which I can't eat bread, and uh, fried food, which I'm trying to avoid. I had the wings, but I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to double up on it. And then, um, or some type of pasta, which I can't eat. So all bunch of stuff I can't eat. Cheeses, you know, I can't eat dairy now. So there was nothing I could eat. So it was like either I eat this steak or I just eat the wings. So I, I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go with the sirloin. I'm going to go with the twenty-two dollar instead of the thirty-two dollar. I'm going to make the smart choice. And then I went with some onion rings, of course, and because uh, they're onions. They're fried, but they're onions. There weren't a lot of side choices. But broccoli came with it out of nowhere, so I, I, don't, I don't know how that happened. But So I, I had the wings. I had the onion rings. I had some broccoli. I had a steak. It was all good. I was hanging out, still watching the game. And these two kids come up to me, these two small kids, and they have pens and little pieces of paper, and they say, are you Dusty Slay? And I say, yes, I am. And they say, are you doing a show here tonight? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, will you sign your autograph for us? And uh, uh, that was awesome, and uh, I loved it. 
I sign autographs, but I usually sign things for people after shows. This would actually be, I don't know if it's my first, but I don't do a lot of this stuff, so it was very cool. And they were young kids. Uh, Landon and Logan were their names. I don't know. I imagine they don't listen to my podcast, but their their parents might. Landon and Logan, they came up. I signed autographs for them. And then my waitress comes over, and she says, uh, she says, I don't know who you are. Uh, I'm very uncultured, is what she said. And she said, uh, but tell me a joke. I guess that table that was that those kids were from. Oh, and then I took a picture with the dad. The dad took a picture of me with the kids. and But she was like, tell me a joke. And I was like, well, and it was so weird. I was like, you know what? I was like, there's no joke I'm going to be able to tell you right here waiting tables that's going to be funny. Uh, but I was like, come to the show. I'll give you two tickets. Come to the show, and I'll leave your name at the, at the f- box office. You know, two tickets. Come watch the show. She said, okay, great. And uh, and then she comes over and says, your meal has been paid for. So I'm guessing the parents of those kids paid for my meal, which immediately I was like, dang, I should have got the sir. I should have got the ribeye, you know, and because uh, uh, the sirloin was good. But man, a free ribeye, that would have been amazing. And and then I tipped well because I thought, hey, I just got at least fifty dollars worth of food for free. I'm going to go ahead and tip well. So I tipped really well. Um and um, and I left. And then another table came over to me and they said, good luck on your show tonight. I was like, wow, I love Rock Springs, Wyoming. And then guess what? The girl didn't show. She didn't come to the show. Uh, I'm not offended, but it's like, it's like you want me to tell you a joke, but you, you don't even want to come to the show? It's like... That's why I didn't tell you the joke. Maybe she went home, watched a video, said, nah, I don't want to see that guy. That's why I didn't tell her a joke. I don't want that kind of rejection to my face. But it was exciting. And um, so the hotel that I stayed in. They're on the road again. Hand and dust, they're on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Oh, the hotel that I stayed in, I was trying to read something that I wrote, and it didn't didn't really make sense. Wyoming, by the way, reminds me of all these cowboy movies. The scenery in every cowboy movie is what it seems like. It seems like when the cowboys were out, and then the Indians would pop up on the top of the mountain, and you could just see them appear around the top, and they would look down on the cowboys— that's what the mountains coming out of Utah into Wyoming look like. And it was amazing. I love those movies. And, but the hotel I stayed in, they put me at a quality inn. Now, I have been in every kind of hotel you can be in, right? I've been in them all. I've been in all the shady ones, the scary ones. I've been in all of them. But lately, the last year or so, I've really been getting taken care of. I've been spoiled. I've been in, I've been in, you know, they're not always the best hotels, but I'm in some pretty nice ones. I mean, I stayed in a micro hotel not too long ago, which I'm not a big fan of, uh, unless they're new. They run down quick, uh, but the new ones are nice. But, uh, but I stayed at Quality Inn. Now, this Quality Inn was like one story, and all the doors were on the outside, which those, that freaked me out, a little motel like that. But I was like, you know what? I'm not changing. It looked renovated inside. It was fine. But uh, yeah, the TV didn't work. Um, and uh, yeah, it just felt uh, felt like an old school 
old school motel hotel. And uh, I don't know why I wrote that down to talk about it. I felt like I had more. Maybe I already talked about the TV not working. So, so that all ties in. Did I already say uh, November 1st? I don't know if I've said this or not, but I'll go ahead and say it. November 1st, this Friday, I'm going to be in Toledo. But I'm also going to be on TV. Uh, film. Uh, I filmed a thing a while back called Nashville Squares. And that's going to air on November 1st. And I think my episode airs then. I know I filmed the first one, but I don't know if that's the first one to air. Um, but... I'll be on TV on CMT. I, I might have just said VH1, but I mean CMT, November 1st, Nashville Squares. And I hope they left my jokes in there. I won't go over my jokes. I'm going to wait and see what they kept in. And then next week, I'll tell you what they cut out. Uh, but I, uh, if they did, they may not have cut out anything. The only thing that I feel like is weirdly embarrassing is I tried to make a joke. I was on there with the country singer Dina Carter. And uh, she, when I was a kid, she had a song called Strawberry Wine, which I still think is a very sexy song. And especially back then, I mean, when I was, I remember watching, I mean, Dina Carter, she's still very attractive. But, you know, she was very sexy when, you know, especially to me as a kid. I remember she was at some music award show and she did, she sang a song in, uh, her bare address and her bare feet, and uh, very attractive. So I saw her, and on the show, I was trying to make a funny joke about how I, you know, such a big country fan. And I said, and I've had a crush, but I said Deanne Carter, not Dina Carter. I said I've had a crush on Deanne Carter my whole life, and and the joke didn't hit like I wanted it. I wanted it to hit like, oh, that's funny. He's had a, jo- a crush on her since he was a kid. Funny. He likes celebrities. But she gave me this look like a thank you look, like it was so sweet. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want it to be sweet. I don't want it to be creepy, but I don't want it to be sweet. I just want it to be this funny moment where I'm like, I've always had a crush on you, like a TV celebrity crush. And... Uh, I don't think the joke landed, and plus, I mispronounced her name. It's hard to convince somebody you had a crush on them when you don't even know their name. Um, but it was a really fun time. I uh, I have been... Um, I've been doing a lot of comedy. I've been doing so much. I mean, last week I only did the one show in Wyoming, and uh, it was nice to just kick back and do a show. I did a theater, and... Uh, but uh, everything has been really good. The, all, the, all the shows have been really good. We'll be riding wild I want to recommend some music. Um, these are people that I, I saw just last night uh, at the Opry. Uh, Thompson Square. I did a show with Kiefer Thompson of Thompson Square, and I've, I've actually performed on many shows with him, but we did a show together. And uh, he and his wife do a show together, uh, and they, or they have a group called Thompson Square, and they're both fantastic. They're just amazing, and uh, they were at the Opry last night performing, and I got to watch them perform live, which was really fun. I had seen them perform before, but never at the Opry. And the Opry, it is a real special place. I feel like people really turn it up there. And uh, my friend Caroline Cole, 
Um, uh, me and Hannah went to see her. I don't know if I talked about this. We went to see her uh, a while back, her performance in Nashville. She's very good, great singer. And she came out, uh, you know, she had some friends at the Opry and uh, she stayed, watched my set and very fun. Uh, it's great to see her. And then I saw someone that I don't really know, but I thought she was really great, Maggie Rose. I had heard the name before Maggie Rose and I was aware of her, but I had never really listened to her music. But I thought she was really, really great. I, I enjoyed listening to her sing last night, powerful voice. She sang uh, the Joe Cocker song, the letter, you know, that my baby, she wrote me a letter, down, 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 great song, my baby wrote me, it's so good, and and then I saw one of my favorites of all time, again last night, John Conley, and I got to talk to him a bit, and I love John Conley, I gotta tell you, I mean, I've been listening to his music almost nonstop, and he has a song where he says, she can't say that anymore. Now she can't say that anymore. And wow. I mean, I'm going to try to play a little bit of that. I don't know how it'll sound with the portable um, recorder I have now, but I may just dub it in later. Who knows? But he has so many good ones. But this one just gets me because it's like, it's called, if you want to listen to John Conley, Go on Spotify, and it's John Conley, J-O-H-N-C-O-N-L-E-E, and it's the album called Classics, and this is She Can't Say That Anymore. It's unbelievable. I'm going to just play a little bit of it here. That's so good. I mean, John Conley really has got some soul to him, and his songs really got a little funk in it. And, uh, I mean, that song, I love that. I said, I love that line, tonight she jumped some fences, but she didn't quite get free. Uh, She's as cool as a salesman as she opens the door. I mean, gosh, he's just just nailing, and his voice is so good. And I love that, she 
can't say that any. I don't know. I love it. I, I just think it's so good. And I mean, uh, as I've said before, I have on my Spotify, if you just go on, I have a playlist that I call Dusty Slay's Country Radio. And I have, I don't know, it's it's a mix of new, old, some very popular, some B-sides. And it's, I don't know, it's probably 200 songs. Uh, I have one follower. No one goes there. No one follows it. Uh, that follower is probably me. And, um, but I think it's an incredible list. And if you ever want to just, I mean, I, I, I've tried to, uh, I'll add songs occasionally. So the, the, the bottom of the playlist will be just latest editions and be jumbled up. But I've tried to put it in a real order that I think is really fun. Like I have uh, Old Flame by Alabama as the first song. I have 1982 by Randy Travis. I have Amarillo by Morning by George Strait. Those are my first three. And then I get into uh, Hank Williams Jr., Country State of Mind, Picking Up Strangers by Johnny Lee, Someday Soon, Susie Boggess. So I just got a real list there, and, 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 and you don't have to do shuffle. I got it in a good order. I think you'll enjoy it. If you just want a little taste of country, I mean, I've tried to put real country in that. I feel like the, the, the thing some people want to do is when they introduce someone to country, they want to go the countryest song possible, or they want to go the most non-country song possible. And I don't think that does much good because I feel like country is an acquired taste, and to really get into the old classics, you really have to work your way in, my opinion, and and develop a taste for country. And then you can begin to appreciate uh, country songs as you get into it. And But also, if you go most non-country possible, you're going pop. And almost everyone enjoys a pop song. No one ever says, I like all music but pop. But people do say I like all music but country and I like all music but rap. You know, those two. Um, more people say it about country, I think, than rap. But, uh, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be on the highway. Uh, Storm, I'm just thinking about that right now. I'll be on the highway with Stormy Warren and uh, uh, with Stormy Warren and, and, uh, and company. Uh, it's very fun. Very fun show. Um, but um, I'll be on there in the morning. The Highway on Sirius XM, Halloween special. But so what I like to do when I introduce someone to a country song is try to go 90s country. I feel like 90s country is 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 the perfect blend of the old and the new. It's before country went in too pop of poppy of a direction to me. There's still a lot of great country singers out there. And even if you're pop country, uh, you know, people enjoy that. So it's not all about what I like, but I like more of a country or country. And that's why, like Alabama, I'm going to play the just this Alabama. This is how I start off the playlist.
All right, so that's a great song. It's an incredible song, and 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 you're listening to it through my cell phone, through a microphone, on a podcast. So I recommend listening to that on your own. I mean, especially if you're not a country fan and you don't know. I mean, you're gonna be. Oh man, I mean, and then you know, as I get about seven on down, I get into you know Justin Towns Earl, who's a newer one, and then I got uh, Jason Isbell, and uh, so I really mix it up in there, and you're gonna love it. I even put a Bob Seger on there. Bob Seger's not country, but if he weren't from Michigan, I think he would just be a country. I mean, country is just about the twang, really, uh, to me. Uh, there's so much that goes into it, but but rock. So much rock could be country with a southern singer, you know? Like Charlie Daniels' band, I feel like is almost more rock than country. But Charlie Daniels is from Tennessee, so he gets into it. Um, but, yeah, I think, that's, uh, I think that's all I wanted to cover. Uh, be on the lookout if you're in Toledo, Ohio, or if you have Sirius XM, listen to me tomorrow morning on the highway. I'm not exactly sure the time, but I will be on there at a certain time. And um, look for me, no, excuse me, I had to sneeze. Look for me, November 1st, uh, on CMT uh, in Nashville Squares. Uh, thank you very much. Listen to the podcast. Share this podcast with your friends. Tell people about it. Uh, it's going to get better and better. I'm going to be doing more and more things with it. But I always say that, and I don't. But we are buying a house, and uh, uh, hopefully... Um, uh, I, I haven't really been talking about it because we, I, I, don't, I don't want to tell people until we close on it. But we're, we're in the process. We're trying to buy it. And uh, so hopefully that happens soon. And uh, then I'll get a, a room more dedicated to the podcast. And I'm really going to be up in the game. And uh, so be on the lookout. Uh, unfollow Aaron Weber. And follow me on Instagram. And uh, all right. Thank you very much. We're having a good time.